When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, welcome into the Dublin Endeavor podcast on the Mile High Report podcast network. Uh, we are sitting in the, the the depths of the start of March as the NFL Combine gets underway this week. You're probably listening to this on the Thursday or Friday. The Combine gets underway. I think for players properly on the Thursday. Um, not as much interest in the Combine this year as as most years, but obviously interesting to hear uh, from George Payton and from staff around the league at the Combine. Before we talk about that and talk about different things, uh, delighted to welcome in comrades, uh, Colm Cronin, Stuart Roach. Colm, uh, how are you doing? Have you recovered yet from Arizona? I still feel a bit uh, touched. Yeah, I've got good from from arizona the the broncos kind of um coaching hires michael have um certainly brought me back down to to earth and i'm sure we're going to get into those in a little bit stuart uh how's the forms are you feeling good well i wasn't in arizona michael so i had i've no i had no adjustments to make so i, I all i had to look forward to was the, uh, the broncos assistant coaching hires which which have been uh, i mean 
you know, look, assistant coaches are assistant coaches. I think you don't really, especially with somebody like Sean Payton, how how important is the offensive coordinator? But the defensive coordinator is is uh, a hire that I'm sure we're about to touch on because um, I think it's I think it's uh, I think it's safe to say that that Vance Joseph, who was 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 appointed, um, is marmite when it comes to uh, a choice for uh, Broncos fans. I think. Obviously, with the history there, um, it's a it's a it's a it's a bit of a head scratcher. Um, but we'll get into that in more detail, and I'm sure Colin, who's our resident stato on this program, will, will be able to kind of break down what we're getting from Vance. Um, which you know, spoilers is not Buddy Ryan's '85 Bears. Uh, so let's uh, let's come back to that. But yeah, I'm 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 pretty good. This is a stranger, Michael, like you. I think normally we'd be kind of you know I'd be looking at. Uh, sort of college players and highlights and stuff like that and you know i do watch the semi-finals i try to watch american uh, college football um it's hard to have... yeah well marsh Madness is coming up obviously this you know basketball is big in our house now as well thanks to the young chap and i uh, will be looking at march Madness. but you know it, we don't have picks in the top two rounds of the draft it is difficult to kind of whip up much enthusiasm um, I mean, I'll watch it. I'll be interested in it just from, from you know, being an American football fan. But from a Broncos perspective, it's kind of, it's really going to be a crapshoot when you're kind of picking third, fourth, whatever rounds we have. So um, it's going to be a while before we get enthused about the draft around Broncos country again, Nick, just because of the preposterous amount of draft picks we gave up for Russell. Uh, but look, you know, hey, it, it, it is an important milestone in the NFL offseason. But I think for us, a more important milestone is the uh, the uh, free agency period, which is very quickly up yeah. on us. So sorry, uh, sorry, I got oh, Very yeah, the, the free agency is just about to to to, to open in a, in a week or two. So that's something I think we can get excited about, um, and that's what we'll be talking about in depth. I imagine over the next few weeks. Yeah, we need to uh, we need to change the timing of free agency. Like for us, like obviously Paddy's Day is on the Friday this year, and free agency is on the fifteenth, and it's like. No, no, it's too close to Paddy's there to take. And know, also, take Ireland, are, Ireland are playing England in uh, the Aviva, which potentially could be a Six Nations title decider. So, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty a big Grand weekend, Slam decider though. as well, depending yes, on how the next few, big, the, just yes. the next few weeks go. I'd like to publicly apologize to Stuart for mentioning, I think it was three times last week that he wasn't at the Super Bowl. I listened back to Alex Singleton's interview. Stuart, I publicly now will say to you, you can have at least the sofa or a floor in my hotel room in Vegas next year. I And That's, who knows if the Broncos will be there or not, but uh, I want to I apologize. Know, I think the re- regular listeners to this program would, would, <laughs> would know that, you know, an invitation to sleep on your couch in Vegas has just got bad news written all over no, it. No, it doesn't. It'll be gone. It's, It'll be 100%. It, um, there's, a, there's a movie <laughs> in that, I imagine. But anyway. <laughs> Callum, I, I know you're going to lead off on this podcast by talking about the article on The Athletic from Russell, from Russell Wilson. Um I'm not going to lie. I think Mile High Report RSS feed six minutes in, we'll, I, I'll get away with this. I pretty much relaxed last week. I was planning a few things, but I did take the uh, take the focus off, I guess, the daily happenings in the league because for me, it was a week before the combine. I thought, right, you know, obviously it was great chatting to Alex. And, you know, for people that were listening to that podcast, Alex sat for the guts of 20 or 30 minutes after and talked to us. I mean, I think, I think that shows you sort of the sort of person that he is and, as a player as well, great guy, and we pray to God he stays with us this season. Um, but Colin, I remember seeing this, I think, at the end of the week, so I missed this completely. This is uh, 
in terms of you know, Russell Wilson wanted the GM and Pete Carroll fired apparently. I mean, like this is shocking stuff. Well, power struggles happen in in the the NFL constantly, and as Broncos fans, it depends on how far you back you go. But um, longer term Broncos fans or o- older Broncos fans will be aware of Dan Reeves and John Elway, and and that particular power struggle, and that in that instance, obviously the the QB won, and that had a very happy ending. But this type of stuff kind of goes on. All, all the time in certain respects, right? You're dealing with a, a huge amount of ego. I mean, even if you listen to um, kind of Zach Kiefer's excellent podcast around Andrew Luck, which came out last summer, he talks about Peyton Manning and Peyton's injury and Peyton coming back and wanting to be just the, the red zone QB. But in relation to to Russell, and uh, I mean, the there has been... Some denials of it, but I think you need to, I would encourage everyone to, I suppose, become media literate, media savvy. What is a denial? What is a, a non-denial? Um, what is, a, you know, when, when the story is really a non-runner? I mean, this is unfortunately, there is a a body of evidence. And I know people keep coming out about and saying, and I've seen this a lot about, oh my goodness, Russell's such a good guy. Why aren't you criticizing XQB? As if other QBs weren't getting criticized. They they do. Um, and, and some of them rightly so. Uh, let's say it again. Sean Watson is an absolute garbage human. Um, so, but Russell gets criticized because he lost last year. It, the Broncos were horrific. He was terrible. So he's going to get criticism. And even, I go back to it, even when Marshawn Lynch kind of went on Richard Sherman's podcast, and we know Sherman has issues with Russ. He constantly chirping away, but Marshawn went on. Marshawn tried to defend him until it came to the whole management, and you can't get close to him. So that piece in The Athletic, uh, I I think the people behind it are very well sourced. Uh, Mike Sando is a guy I would have a lot of respect for. He's been writing about Russ and about Seattle for a long time. And um, Kaylin Kaler is somebody who, um, again, very well sourced, uh, came up uh, with Peter King, um, has written some really interesting pieces, pieces that tend to annoy QBs and maybe annoy teams. I mean, you think back to the Aaron Rodgers piece about the hand signals and how uh, frustrated he got about that. Again, he didn't deny um, it was um, true, um, but he got very annoyed about it. I, I just think... Russ has to win. That's what winning solves all ills. Um, but that that's what he needs kind of more than than anything. And I think that's what will change it. So I've seen headlines. I think Florio had a headline today going, nobody'd care about Russ having an office if the Broncos had won. And like, yeah, duh. But we didn't win. So everybody does care because most quarterbacks don't have offices. Most quarterbacks don't get all the things that Russ did. Russ got them all and the Broncos still lost. If the Broncos win 13, 14 games next year, not saying they will, I think it's unlikely, but if they do, nobody is going to care. But right now they do um, and Russ has um, a a PR problem um, and he just can't seem to get out of his own way at, at times whether that is you know, the the slogan that he always seems to have, 
whether that is the piece about remember when Pete Carroll came out last year and kind of threw some barbs at Russ about not wearing um, the the um, the piece on on his arm, um, and all of a sudden Russ rocks up to the podium the next day after training and he's wearing it. It's like he he's so reactive and he takes the criticisms kind of so personally. Sometimes he just just walk away, but. This, this is the, the nature of the beast. When you are a superstar QB in this league, uh, when you earn that sort of money, you're going to have it come your way. Just this is all about Russ needs to get back. And we have heard Sean Payton say it will stop. I, I'm very interested. I think this is an enormous, enormous season for Russell Wilson and his legacy. It's funny because like, Outside of everything you said, and you've you've summarized that excellently, Colin, just in the whole situation. The basic point of if he asked for the GM and for the head coach to be fired, I mean, that is like outside of what happened and the fact he was traded, that is atrocious. I don't care if you're Tom Brady or whoever. I mean, it's really, really bad. It's almost like a peak LeBron move in the NBA, which is a completely different situation. It's uh I mean, sure, we we are coming to the one year point now almost of Wilson being traded to the Broncos and it's been a hell of a long year but when Pete Carl as Colin rightly said you know reacts and does not deny what happened it would make you think the opinion that Russell Wilson has of himself and I'd love to know what the opinion he ha- that he has of himself at the minute because it seems to me as if this next three to four months for him is going to be a, a worldwide tour with Sierra and maybe he'll be able to go into the Monaco training ground the day before the Grand Prix and do a few things. I'm I'm yet to be convinced that we are in a situation where he'll pop up in August and September and, and be fully fully fit, fully recovered in terms of where he needs to be from a few years ago. I am feeling very pessimistic at the minute in regards to Everton. And for me, it's concerning because you can't just bring Sean Payton in and and expect him to fix everything so quickly. But, you know, you would presume that Russell Wilson at the minute is on some sort of high-end, high-tempo schedule to remain highly fit, but also to work on his game because he can't just rock up in July and start, you know, like that's not the way it is. But he is, as Colm says, there's some serious issues here and this is a huge season for him. But it's very disappointing to hear that news, especially when Russell Wilson was so well respected by the fans in Seattle outside of maybe the last couple of years in Seattle won them a championship uh, and the team that they won the championship with will go down in history like that's how good they were they were going in history anyway but they were so so good for him now to be in the situation I think is quite poor and frankly as a fan outside of that I had asked it's a bit embarrassing to hear that he's not trying to do that yeah, well, there's a couple of things there, Michael. I mean, you mentioned that team that, you know, was one of the best defenses we've seen, um, you know, certainly in the last sort of 15 years. Uh, the, 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 that Members of that defense of the Legion of Boom have been queuing up to take pot shots at Russell Wilson almost as quickly as they took pot shots at running backs and wide receivers when they were in their prime. They, they can't get out of their own way when it comes to saying just how unpopular Wilson was amongst his teammates. Um, like this time last year, there's, no, there's an element of hubris about all this, Michael, because and I was absolutely one of the people who thought, my God, the Seahawks are absolutely crazy. They picked Pete Carroll, who it looked like he was showing signs of decline over Russell Wilson. I couldn't believe they'd done that because a lot of the time in those power struggles that Colin alluded to between quarterback and head coach, 
Um, the quarterback, generally speaking, is the one that wins because quarterbacks, franchise quarterbacks are so rare and they're so difficult to find and they're so difficult to, you know, to, 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 to nurture and, and to have one like that. You do kind of begin to ask yourself the question, Michael, is why did they let Russell Wilson go? And unfortunately, with all of the, the these type of reports, with and there has been a lot of this stuff. This is not the first time something like this has come out. You know what I mean? There's been a lot of smoke here. Um, and you're always wondering, why did they accept that trade? Like Aaron Rodgers last year, and you have to remember that the Packers were fighting tooth and nail against Aaron Rodgers leaving. And Aaron Rodgers is, what, four or five years older than Russell Wilson? It would have made more sense if they kind of went, okay, well, we draft the guy high. Aaron is kind of nearing the end of his career. I understand that. Okay, let's take the three first-round picks or whatever it was. But they didn't. Um, and the Seahawks did. And, and the more we get of these kind of reports you know, uh, the more it's going to reflect poorly on Wilson and the more it's going to reflect far better on the Seahawks organization and Pete Carroll. They were in the playoffs last year. And yeah, they got minced by, you know, the, the, the 49ers, but they were still in the playoffs um, and he got them into the playoffs with Geno Smith. Like, <sighs> Pete Carroll has won this argument, hands down. You know, now it is to be continued. We'll see what happens next season. Um, I thought it was interesting that one of the first things it seemed like Sean Payton did was fire uh, Russell Wilson's um, personal QB coach, um, Heaps, I think his name was. Um, he, that that ended. So I like that. I think that's very quickly Sean Payton putting down a marker as to who's boss. Uh, but you're right, Michael. I mean, you know, this time last year, Russell went off on a European tour and we saw him in Monaco. We saw him in Wimbledon. I think we saw him in all these places and there was a sort of the occasional... Uh, sort of photograph of him getting some training and it's not the same thing it's not and like you'd like to imagine that somebody who had such a poor year he wasn't the only one but he had a pretty you know uh, that was one of i'm surely that was his statistically his worst year as a qb and you'd like to think that he's working his ass off to get to get better to get things back on track he's got a new head coach and we've said it on this program if sean payton cannot fix russell wilson then russell wilson is beyond being fixed this is it for him this year is as you said is hugely important this next six months are hugely important it's over for wilson if sean payton can't get a song out of him this year it really is because you know what was it colin you were saying um terry bradshaw wasn't he didn't he come out with something recently about that was was had to be hushed up immediately and about like, am i getting this wrong I, yeah no you know you're you're dead yeah. on Stuart. um terry terry was kind of um asked uh, at, during super bowl <laughs> week obviously as somebody who worked with sean and um you know kind of laid up about like sean not taking the job in arizona and terry and was that because of carla murray's Terry said, yeah, he's not a big Kyler Murray fan. And the question was, well, he must be a big fan of Russell Wilson then. And Terry said, no, he's not. And uh, he, he's, he's going to see what, uh, what, what happens over the course of the year. They'll work together and then they may move on. Um, and that was immediately, Sean, um, it was like, uh, you know, um, saying Beetlejuice uh, a number of times and, and him appearing. <laughs> um, Terry said it a number of times and all of a sudden the next day, Sean appeared on Radio Row to clarify Terry was misguided and, and Terry just, you know, he's just a kind of a gregarious character. He gets carried away with the storytelling. Like, don't be listening to any of that. Me and Russ, we're all good. And then the, the photo of Russ, Sean and uh, Joe Montana was kind of plastered everywhere. Do you think that 
appearance on NFL Network wouldn't have happened if Terry Bradshaw hadn't said that. Genuinely. I I it it I don't know. I don't I, I I think I don't know there may have been maybe one or two appearances. I, I don't because know if was, he would have Colin, appeared it was in... very early in the morning and it, like the whole week. I think there was one other interview at that time on the NFL network stage that whole week. I'm just gonna put it out there. It's interesting. But it, it is interesting. It certainly is. <laughs> I love this team. Uh, and just when you think we've talked about that for 15, 20 minutes. Let's let's just use this as the second and final part of the show, but obviously jump in with anything else, lads, because we could talk for hours about this. I cannot believe Vance Joseph is back in Denver. I mean, at what point did somebody say, like, this is a good move? Now, look, I'd understand that if Vance Joseph was, I don't know, if the Cardinals were at the top five defense last year, maybe over two years. I think that would be more prudent to be like, well, he's had a good year, but that might not just be Vance Joseph. So we'll give him another year to make sure. And they're what? Uh, the Cardinals are 21st ranked defense in the NFL in 2022. They, I mean, we don't need to say in some of the games that they played, they, they weren't a very, very good football team last year. Obviously issues with the head coach, GM and a complete overhaul now in Arizona. Colm, I'll go back to you first, man, but like, what the hell are we thinking here? Like, this is a situation where it didn't go well for Vance in, in Denver. So why would it suddenly go better just because you've got a new GM and a new head coach there? The fans, it didn't end well. Let's let's be honest here. There's videos of me and you giving out about him to the cows come home. So I just, I, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but I, I certainly don't think this is a good move. Um, I don't understand it. I like, how can you have a, and I understand he was gone, but how can you have such a great DC in Evero and then go to Vance Joseph? It just, Jesus, it's depressed me even thinking about it. Sorry. I, I, don't mean, I, I don't want to be so down the first of March. I'm getting down. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Well, Michael, I threw a party when he left. Uh, I threw a VJ is going away <laughs> party in, in I was in Denver when he was fired. I'll, I'll never forget it. There, there were, that was the last game of the season, there were balloons, there were party streamers, party hats. It was a great night. Uh, it was wonderful. So um, I'm, I'm probably not best placed to, to kind of talk of the, the return of Vance. Um, yeah, I I mean, some Cardinals fans will, will tell you he did a good job there and he didn't have anything to, to work with. Um, but just to give you, like, in terms of points allowed, right, for Vance Joseph defences, Okay, let's go back. 2016, 19th. 2017, with a Broncos defense two years removed from uh, a Super Bowl win, still very talented. Um, certainly got a first ballot Hall of Famer, um, you know, uh, some seriously uh, good pieces there. Uh, 22nd, uh, 2018, 12th. That's, that's, uh, that's pretty 
pretty good. That's as good as it gets, but that's not top 10 now. 2019, 28th, 2020, 12th, 2021, 16th, and 2022, 31st, as, as you have pointed out. Um, I mean, you can do um, EPA, you can do DVOA, 2019, 29th um, in EPA per play, uh, 20th in DVOA. Like essentially, 2021 is is a good year if you want to take that. He's sixth in in both of those in 2021, but I I'm not sold on on the return advance. Um, I have called numerous times though on this podcast for people to be patient to give it time. So I'm not, uh, you know, that's what we're going to to have to do. Um, but I, I am certainly left underwhelmed by um, the Vance Joseph hire. Um, he, he does bring experience, but when you hear the way in which players talk about uh, Ijivo Evero, um, it, it is very similar to the way in which players talk about um, D'Amico Ryan's. Um, very, very similar. You don't hear players talk about Vance Joseph in that way. You hear the media talk about Vance Joseph in that way. You hear a, the football executives talk about Vance Joseph as a leader of men. But you don't hear Vance Joseph's players come out and say that. Maybe, look, he has learned and maybe as part of the Sean Payton era, things will improve. But um, yeah, I was left considerably underwhelmed by that particular hire. Stuart, when you've got potentially Matt Patricia, Sean Desai, Rex Ryan, you know, you've you've got names, Rex Ryan, it's got a deep history in the league, but then you hear Sean Payton talking around the sense of, well, Fance has experience in Denver, but he had, quote unquote, a tough number of years in a tough position in Arizona. That sounds like complete bull crap. And it sounds like they're, I, I just I don't understand how when you've got Rex Ryan there and Vance Joseph there how you went with Vance Joseph personally because I think bringing in someone like Rex Ryan that senior experience if he you know wanted the job as much as it seems that he did I know he's got commitments with ESPN but you would presume that if you're going to try and get the highest experience in terms of winning as you can you go after Rex Ryan you have Sean Payton there it makes sense I I, I don't get the move at all I don't understand it and I don't care if he's had a tough job in Arizona. There's no easy job in the NFL. And Colin rightfully sure pointed out the statistics over a, a number of years. It's it's a little bit concerning, but I guess we 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 have to give him the uh, the benefit of the doubt. And I'm looking forward to many good days of practice um, ahead. I'm not going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I have no idea what the thinking is <laughs> at all. Um, like his defenses are rubbish. Um, and I remember when when he was appointed head coach uh, the first time, well, uh, back 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 in the day, um, I was talking to somebody about it. Someone, like his Miami Dolphins defense wasn't particularly good. It's always a lot of injuries. So it seems like there's always an excuse for Vance Joseph. Do you know what I mean? Um, and like to me, like uh, just looking at it, like Evero had the seventh ranked defense last year, which would have been higher if it wasn't for a spread of... Um, that Rams game really kind of gave a false sense of where that defense was at. Cause I think that was just one of those days. Um, like I, I've been on this program at, at many, many times now, and I, I'm really disappointed that we allowed Everett to leave. Um, 
and particularly when it comes to making a lateral move, like Evero is now the defensive coordinator of the Carolina Panthers. I don't think that says a lot about the Broncos as an organization that he chose to leave. To go. Now, it wasn't like he'd been snubbed for the head coaching position, and he, you know, his position was untenable. Um, I, 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 so that set alarm bells ring for me. Um, you know what it is, Mick, and and, and calm. In every walk of life, anybody who's worked in a company or worked in a business, there's usually one person who is terrible at their job. And you kind of wonder, you go, how on earth did this guy get into this? Because there's always a guy as well. How on earth did this guy get into this place? And, and he's, he's awful. He's brutal. Those couple of people over the years, they interview brilliantly. There's always somebody who interviews brilliantly. There was a guy I worked with a few years ago and he was a train wreck. You had to explain the same thing to him 15 times. And he left and he got he got a promotion to a place and he left to get a job. And he was always moving upwards. And again, you go, I wouldn't trust this guy to, to, to use cutlery without supervision. And yet he keeps getting these, you know, these jobs. I think Vance must be just brilliant when it comes to interviews. I think he must promise the sun, the moon and the stars to people. And I think people buy it because there is no reason. Like, okay, so Evero leaves... And, and as you said, so your options now become Rex Ryan or they become Vance Joseph. Well, where was the next Evero? Was there not an Evero on the, on the Broncos' defensive assistant coaching staff somewhere along the line? Like they kept the D-lineman coach and they kept the secondary coach. Why not the secondary coach? Why didn't he get promoted? Um, I wouldn't mind if you were bringing in Vance Joseph who had elite defenses everywhere he went. He hasn't. His defenses are ordinary to poor. They always have been. So I look, and, and you know, and, and unfortunately you know, when it comes to fans, I know free agency is just about the start and we can talk about Draymond Jones in a minute if you like, because that's another thing that's kind of worries me about the way the organization is going. Like Vance is now getting a defense that has zero pass rush because we spent an enormous amount of money on a pass rusher last year who's always been injured. And then we seem to be really surprised when, you know, shock horror, he got injured. Um, we traded Bradley Chubb to a pick that we subsequently gave to the Saints. So we've no first round pick, we've no second round pick. We don't have a lot of money to spend because of the outrageous contract that Russell Wilson has. So Van Joseph is getting a defense that is going to be missing a few pieces that it had last year when it was an elite defense for most of the season. So it's not like this guy can can make um, make magic. If anything, Vance Joseph brings the defenses down slightly to his level. It's not somebody who elevates the defense that he gets. So I would be concerned. I don't think the defense is going to be anywhere next or near as good as it was last year for, for those reasons. Um, so I think Sean Payton is going to have to – he has a reputation as being a magician on the offensive side of the ball, and I think he's going to need to be. Um, because if that defense even goes back to, to um, you know league average, we're in a world of trouble. Um, because the defense was the only thing that was worth watching for most of the season last year. Um, and once Bradley Chubb was traded, the pass rush disappeared. And then suddenly, you know, as we all know, the pass rush is hugely important in the NFL. Um, if you can't get heat from the quarterback, then, you know, especially when you've got the likes of Justin Herbert and you've got the likes of Patrick Mahomes in your division. Um, so I don't think he's going to have as much of an arsenal as Evero had last year. And he's just not as good of a defensive coordinator as Evero was. I'm still really annoyed about the fact that we let him leave. Now, you can't force a guy to stay in a job. Maybe he wanted a, you know, a clean slate, he wanted to change the scenery, whatever. But to go from Evero to Vance Joseph feels like a massive downgrade. Um, so, look, you know, you guys are giving him the benefit of the doubt. I will be the first to admit it if he does um, get the defense back even close to the level it hit last year. But I would be surprised and as I said, if if the defense, which was the one thing that kept us afloat last year for long stretches, 
you know, so many of those games we lost by a single score. Um, you know, this this could be, you know, we've a lot of stuff going into this season, Michael. And we don't we don't have draft picks. We don't have a huge amount of money to fix it. So you know, this is this this is turmoil ahead. Um, so I think we, we you know these are going to be an interesting couple of weeks. We have to be able to do something significant in free agency because we're not yeah. fixing it through the draft. We do so. So the next month is going to be massive for us. Let's all bring two players next week that we want to talk about in free agency each. There's our plan already. Um, let's end the show on, on, on Draymond Jones. Uh, George Payton saying at the Combine that talks have been quote-unquote very positive. That sounds good. But then you've also got like Mike Kliss who's saying that um, the Broncos don't want to franchise tag him and then obviously Draymond Jones saying he wants to play for as long as possible in Denver. Colin, we got to get the deal done. What, like Whatever way we need to get it done, get it done. And um, Tag him if you need to. Like they need, like they need him badly, big time. And you cannot sit there at this point in the season when it's so crucial to get a plan and a strategy in place and clearly lowball a player with the reagent. And that's not going to wash in this league because someone's going to come after him. Well, I think the the tag the, the issue, I suppose, with him is that they know Draymond is unhappy, right? And has been unhappy and doesn't like the the way in which I guess things have been handled at the, the Broncos over the, the last little while. And I mean in terms, I suppose, a bit like Evero, right? Like Stuart is right. It, it's it's really sad to see him go, but you can't keep somebody who who is unhappy. And and if they're fundamentally unhappy, that's the the issue. The issue. So I think what the Broncos are trying to do is probably to say, look, we're not going to franchise tag you. We'll make an offer. See what others offer offers are out there. Um, and and I think that's probably where they're they're coming from because there was a, a lot of tension around last year. We know that, and they're probably not looking to add to that. I would hope Draymond Jones comes back. I think Draymond Jones is a is a fantastic player, um, but I but I, I have no doubt that he will get other offers as well. So he's going to weigh them up and and see you know what um what what is out there um. We we'll just have to see. But if we were, I I mean I agree with you in that I want to keep him. And he I George Payton called him a core player, and I think he is. But I think not franchise tagging him is just because, um, you know th- this wasn't like I suppose with Justin Simmons, right? Where um S- Simmons there there was they was okay with the tag as okay as one can ever be right players don't particularly like it but i think um draymond was unhappy with, with losing draymond was unhappy when bradley chubb was traded and um he was unhappy with evero leaving so i think to add the tag into the mix was probably taking it too far which is why i think that they haven't done it and but i hope that won't preclude him from coming back because I do think he would be a key piece. And as Stuart has rightly pointed out, we don't have very many draft picks. We don't have, and like we have some money to spend, but we have an awful lot of holes to fill. Um, I would not like to add another enormous hole because I think the O-line is a piece that needs serious restructuring. And that's where I would like to see our free agency money go in some ways like but the, there are so many gaps in the O-line we're going to need to address that in the draft as well 
thought you were going to say something else about the old line there when he said peace. Um, just to round up the episode, Mr. Roach, have you anything else to add on Draymond Jones? Yeah, if Draymond Jones hits free agency, Michael, he's gone. There's no hope in hell he's coming back to Denver. Somebody will overpay. They always do. Like ESPN had him ranked as the 15th, um, I think it was the 15th and 16th, sorry, uh, top free agent in their top 50. Um, and it's rare for a player of his ability in a position that, you know, interior pass rush has become increasingly important because of quarterbacks like Russell Wilson. Or sorry, <laughs> Freudian. Because of quarterbacks like Pat Mahomes. Um and, and I think it is unusual for them to hit that market. Normally, he would be franchise tagged. Um, very early on in his career, I remember Draymond Jones said that, that losing was something that he could not get his head around because he was at Ohio State and they won nearly every game. So the, the way the Broncos, when he came in in his rookie season, he, this, was, this was abnormal to him. Um, so as you rightly say, he, you know, you can't force a player to stay, but you can't force a player to play in the franchise tag and then hope to get a deal done. You've got a much better chance of that happening than allowing him to hit free agency where somebody will pay him a, a huge amount of money because teams do have lots of money to spend. Um, so I, I, I'm disappointed because, as I said, I think our pass rush is a major problem. Um, now, I know he only got, I think it was seven sacks last year, but he got a lot of QB pressures, uh, which is is very important from that interior pass rush. Um, and I think, you know, also somebody like Draymond Jones helped alleviate um, Shelby Harris leaving last year in a trade. You know, and now you're down. So where where is the interior pass rush coming? It's not coming from Jones, the guy we got from the Niners, who was an outstanding run stopper, but he, he's not getting any pressure from the middle. Deshaun Williams gets a little bit, but, you know, like I do take what Collins, but I think the franchise tag for a player in his position is 17 million. I could be wrong. It might be 19. I think it's either 17 or 19. That is a lot of money, especially with a team that has an offensive line that's, you know, like a sieve. Um, you know, so I think if we're going to fix the offensive line, we're not fixing it, in, you know, rounds three, four and five, or whatever it is we're picking this year, you're fixing the O-line in, in free agency. So maybe that's where the money's going to go. Maybe they can pick up, they think they can pick up somebody like Draymond in the in in the the mid rounds, which is it's it is more possible to pick up an interior pass rusher in rounds three of the draft than it is to get uh, a guy who's going to lock down the right tackle position for ten years in round three. The likelihood of that happening is, is minimal, Michael. It, it, the stats back that up. So maybe that's the thing, and maybe they need to keep the money to fix the O line. Um, but again, it's another piece on the defense that's almost certainly going to go. Because as I said, he hits free agency, he is not coming back. So I, when I read that, I was disappointed. But, you know, I, I kind of, I've gotten myself around to accepting it now. I think Draymond was a good player. He always kind of threatened to break out. And it would be unfortunate if Draymond broke out for another club. Mm. But it's beginning to look that way, unfortunately. Hopefully, I pray to God that doesn't happen. And I guess we'll see what happens over the next few weeks. Um, let's regroup next week with free agency. And I'm going to put column in producing control of the Paddy's Day special the week after. Uh, and look forward to seeing what, what he comes up with. Uh, maybe we get John Elway on or something. But uh, yeah, I guess for now, is it column of anything you want to add before we pop off? You taking it easy or? Yeah, no, just we. I guess we we'll we'll see um, what way things obviously play out. Um, I, I think 
going by what we're seeing on Twitter, it looks like um, Brandon Cooks would, would like to play in Denver. Uh, he's certainly liking uh, anything in relation to uh, Sean Payton and, and the Broncos. And apparently him and the Texans are trying to work on, on a deal. So let's see if anything uh, was to, to come from that. Um, but he's, uh, I mean, again, the price would have to be right. But we need to add some, some weapons. And he is obviously uh, a speedster. I mean, you'd prefer to obviously you, you worry a little bit around age and we've seen the Broncos bring in some players before and it hasn't worked out, but we absolutely need to stretch the, the field. That was very obvious last year and KJ Hamler can be a very good player. He's an incredible character, um, but we need somebody, we need to be guaranteed somebody who's who's on the, the field for, you know, at, at 14, 15 of the 17 games. I'm on mute, even though I didn't realize halfway through it there. Let, let's see the crack. We'll get back next week with free agency. You can follow us. Stuart is at Purple Heart TC. Column is at column, C-O-L-U-M from Cork. And I'm at Michael underscore NFL. We're getting closer to free agency, getting closer to the draft, or as we call it, Thursday night on the 27th of April. Uh, but looking forward to it. Um, Appreciate the time, lads, and thanks again to the Malai Report Podcast Network for allowing us to do this. Uh, We'll see you next week. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. Go Broncos.